Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying. Get into treatment, Chuck. I hear it. Well, you know, I, I, I want to talk about aloe for a second. So, so I don't know if people know the story of aloe, but I thought I'd tell it so everybody can know it's a place that's... Uh, their heart is in the right place. They do things the right way. And I'm not bullshitting. So about five years ago, um, I started a friend of mine, Khalil, who we should have on the program, actually, um, had a sober living. I told him not to get in the sober living business. He didn't listen to me. And he got in the sober living business. And, and then, um, you know, sober living started drying up because in the beginning of Malibu it was just like they only cared about rehab they didn't care about aftercare or sober living or outpatient not like they do now it's all inclusive so so Khalil had this sober living and he wanted me to see clients or whatever and I was out in Malibu a couple days a week just case managing people and seeing people and then Khalil said I'm just getting out I'm selling this to these two guys I'm just getting out I can't stand this business it's too slimy right and he went in the health food business. So, but through Khalil, I met these two other guys, Evan and Jared, who had a sober living just a few blocks away from his in Malibu. And I like them. They're Canadian. They're cool. We just, we always called them the Canadians. And they're just nice guys. <laughs> they're just good guys, right? So they come to me and they go, you know, Khalil sold Riviera. And I go, I know, because what are you guys going to do? And they were like, we want to turn our place into a rehab. And I was like, because everybody in the sober living business in Malibu was going out of business. So I said, well, what, what qualifies you guys to open a rehab? Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was the first question we were sitting at Khalil's health food store. And they said, we don't. That's why we wanted to talk to you. And I said, talk to me about what? And they said, we want to open it with you. And I was like, oh, that's a headache. Oh, you have no idea of what you're getting yourself into and i tried to discourage them but they were persistent and they said come on let's do it let's do it so then we did it and we opened a six-bed rehab in their failing sober living right and it was basically me a couple of techs uh a great therapist woman named Susie, who i knew from wounded warriors and jared did the he didn't even know what it was called. I said, you're the head of plant operations. And he goes, what's that? And I go, you need to Google Cisco and get the food from Cisco. I just, all the things I'd learned in rehab, we just kind of did it on the fly, right? And most of the clients were mine or cash or we'd take, I mean, so at a certain point, I think you could go to 30 days treatment in Malibu with me as your counselor and two of the four groups a day for $13,000 cash. Nice. And we had beach access. We had a trail that went right to a private beach. It was crazy. So it went really good. And then word of mouth spread. And we got this contract with these New York guys. And it just really went well. And so that's how it wasn't called Aloe. It was called Acadia, right? But then Acadia Healthcare sued and said, you can't be Acadia uh -huh. Malibu Rehab Center. And so then Aloe changed the name to Aloe. But, but, with success with this waiting list and you know just going like gangbusters because it was real rehab and it was fun and it was cool and it was it was you know like what we always talk about what is good treatment right we had a good doctor we had um you know we had good counselors um you know we had interesting people come and speak at the rehabs kind of like what warren does same thing right and it really caught on because Malibu was so psycho babbly full of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. All the rehabs were so full of shit and still are. And yeah, I had a question about that. Why were they all dying off? Why was everything dying off at that point? Was because it the sober because the rehabs were realizing the sober livings were making and uh, were making so much money that they were going to get into the sober living outpatient business also and sell ninety days treatment. Right. Till, till then, the, so the all rehab was just 30 days and then we don't care where they go and they can come back here if we can build their insurance. Right. But they weren't in the sober living, you know, the Florida model business. Okay. Then they all started. Promises was the first one. 
they got their own sober living house. They were not then discharging clients to Aloe or or Acadia or Riviera or the other sober livings out there. Conchetta had a sober living women's sober living. She went out of business. So the sober livings were going out of business. So okay. we started this rehab. And it was growing. And so we got another house, a second house, a third house. And I just, at a certain point, it got so big so fast. Like within a year, we had 40 clients. And you had, you know, I didn't know all the staff anymore, right? I didn't know who I could trust. I didn't know, you know, it just grew too fast. And I just said, I can't do this, you guys. I can't, I can't. You know, I'm probably not good for business as it is. I, I butt heads with the MFTs. I don't like them. <laughs> I definitely did not like them. We were in one staff meeting, and I had, I just always said, just be cool to the clients. Just be cool. Just be cool. Just be honest. Just be be fair. Check your body for countertransference. Don't be mean to clients. Don't be pejorative. Don't be punishing, Right. And I could keep track when it was six beds and, and 10 outpatient beds, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I couldn't keep track when it was 18 inpatient beds and t- t- 28 outpatient beds and staff I didn't even know their names. And I just felt like this is getting out of hand. I can't handle it. So then Evan and Jared, I said, you know, why don't you buy me out? And you guys want to grow and go, 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 go. And they said, would you still stay on as marketing? And I said, sure, because I believe in them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've always had this relationship never ended, but my ownership in it ended. Right. Cause like another thing is you get so big, right. You got like 40, 50 full-time employees. You don't even know all of their names. I just can't work. When I worked at Los Encinas, I had like 28 or 30 full-time employees that directly um, were supervised by me. I knew all of them. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of important, isn't it? So that you know who you can send who with or who can handle yeah, who what situation. Who you can trust. You that know, was a yeah. big thing. If there's a big guy having a problem, you want to be able to have, send somebody that's not going to escalate a situation. If it's, right, if right. You need to know who's sensitive to what I and who call can it, handle what. You have what. to be able to play. I can play a rehab center like a symphony. I could do it at Los Encinas. I did it in the beginning at, at Aloe. I, could, I knew everybody's strengths and weaknesses. I knew who was scheduled and what was what. And once it gets so big, you can't do it like that anymore. Right. And so something gets lost, in my opinion, right? I can see that, yeah. So you have to find really more me's, more people like me to supervise the people and break it down in a chain of command. What I convinced Evan and Jared to do that, it took years to find those people, right? It's really hard to find like people that have a passion for it and and know the business side of things and the clinical side of things and that and know how to keep the peace and supervise people and be and be cool to clients and and be cool to staff and make staff feel appreciated and heard that's hard there's a lot of middle management people in the recovery industry that don't do that well Mm -hmm. right and so it took time and we really had hunted some of the people that were working at clean and different rehabs and i would say dude you should come and work out in fucking you poach people how you You feel no but it's hard to get (laughs) here's the biggest problem was it was hard to get good people who worked in la to sign up for driving to malibu a because everyone had contempt all the good people have contempt for malibu right so it was really hard. One of the guys, Jorge, lives in Echo Park. He was, he was like, drive out to Malibu five days a week. And I was like, well, three days a week, four, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Sweeten the deal. Three 12-hour days, we'll count at 40. maybe come on a Saturday, you know, there's no traffic on Saturday. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So you're trying to get this team together. And finally, you know, about two, three years ago, it really got into place. And they stopped growing. You know, they could be a lot bigger than they are. You know what I mean? But so I just believe in them. And I put all of my friends in there. Here's an example. Every one of my friends has gone to Aloe Treatment Centers. Two of them are in there right now. I'm talking about personal old using buddy friends. Some are scholarship. Some are have good insurance. Some are paying cash. But that's where my friends go. Right. And if somebody's looking for it, it's Aloe House treatment. Yeah, yeah, Aloe House Recovery or something like that. But um, but you just Google Aloe or Bob Forrest. If you Google Bob Forrest, you'll find it. So so let me let me tell you this. So 
we had this argument, right? And I go, there's no, there's not all this phony baloney. And we were sitting outside in this patio area in Malibu, right? And, you know, there's Botox and the yoga pants and the fucking shoes. What are those right. shoes? The puffy shoes? Uh, what are they? Oh, Ugg boots? Ugg boots and the Range Rovers. <laughs> and he goes, dude, the same shit that's, that you're complaining about here, I guarantee you is in Claremont. And I was like, it's not. I'm telling you, it's not. Well, I went to the to a couple of Mondays at the Claremont has a band thing, a band event in the park, right? Okay, yeah. A lot of Ugg boots, a lot of yoga pants, a lot <laughs> yeah. of Botox. It is everywhere. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. You know what? This is this is really cool. Do you do Botox, Chuck? Uh, no. <laughs> I've heard people are doing Botox in their sacks, though. Chuck has breast implants. In their what? In their sack. In They're, their penis sack? Yeah, in their satchel. Ball sack? Yeah. Why? What does it do? Make it... Uh, you know what? Does it make it not wrinkly? Our our our, <laughs> drum, our drummer brought it up last practice, and it was just like, so what do you think about that? And I said, are you kidding? I guess it, it gets wrinkles out or something. I don't know, but no I just way. thought... Yeah, I, I don't oh, know. We're going to have to... Oh, my We're going to have to look that up, but the reason I... You know, my, my phone just flashed, and this is why we, this is one of the things I love about what we do, is I had a guy leave treatment um, about 40 days ago who had relapsed while he was in treatment, and I just get a text from him saying, still alive, still sober, 60 days today. Wow. That's so cool. See, and there's a guy that did everything wrong, and he stands sober, and then that, that proves my old pattern. Without, my old without us, without my help, he's doing it all by himself. So anyways, <laughs> that that's just a side note. Aloe, I love them. I love the people that work there, Chris and Carson and Jody, and it's just great staff, great line staff, great techs. But it took years to get that system in place, and it took Evan and Jared saying, you know, Let's just do what we do out here with the amount of beds that we have well rather than, you know, have 100 beds. That's everybody. All the go-getters all want to have 100 beds. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? We got 100 beds. It's a big number. Like, like, it's crazy. I don't know. I, I remember when I was working for that one place like five places ago where they bought a, a hotel, that hotel on um, Ocean Avenue down in Long Beach. And it was like the first four floors were going to be um it was an old folks home and it was going to stay that way and then they were going to have like 10 floors of, of rehab a, yeah and, 100 beds oh 100 way beds. more way more thousand beds it was supposed to be insane it was going to be its own self-contained little like rehab city so so anyway so I, that's the aloe story God, that sounds like hell i know uh, I, well there's be. there's a hotel in laguna beach that's all rehab the whole hotel in laguna beach and they have vans, Mike. They say uh, recovery solution or something on the sides of the vans. And oh, just great like, big advertisements. Yeah, advertisements on the side of their vans, which I've always felt like you shouldn't advertise that you're. I think that's a HIPAA. That's a HIPAA violation when people are in it, right? Yes, isn't that weird? I think it is. Anyway, do they have the big speakers and did they drive around <laughs> saying "Follow me to follow, the rehab"? Follow me to the. No, it, it's nuts. I've seen them. They, they're like those giant decals. It's like they could be advertising. You take that's like a like second a tattoo take. parlor or something. That's yeah, like a second take. It's like what the hell is that? Yeah, and the and uh, and it's a lot of beds that place. And uh, I forget it's Spencer Recovery. It's Spencer Recovery. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spencer Recovery, I think mm. it is. And uh, you know, everybody wants to have a hundred beds. And listen, fifty is good enough. Why can't fifty be good? You know what I mean. <laughs> I think there's still now at Aloe, there's 18 inpatient beds and there's probably two, there's two houses, sober livings. Um, one of them is still called Bob's House Zuma Beach. I mean, legally. Really? If somebody dies there, it's going to be on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob's House. All the risk, Bob's none of the money. All right. <laughs> All the risk and another Way reward. To go. The risk <laughs> reward thing. But Mike had brought something up he wanted to talk about Trump because he hates Trump. <laughs> but, and I, you know, I like picking on Trump because he's so easy to pick on. Um, my sister sent me a text the other day that she loves me and she loves seeing pictures of the kids but doesn't really like my, poli when I post political stuff, right? Aww. So 
so, you know, and I, I listen, you know, I don't want to bum everyone out with my anti-Trump stuff, but some is just too good. <laughs> and the one I posted the other day, like, why do Republicans believe everything on Fox News? And the mom says, because they're fucking stupid. Yeah, and that, <laughs> right? So that makes liberals laugh. But invert it and say, why do liberals all believe everything they see on MSNBC? Because they're fucking stupid. Uh, they don't like that oh, at no, all. Oh, they started defending MSNBC. <laughs> at least they, they tried to get the news they right. Facts. It's fucking facts. <laughs> yeah, it's just like crazy. You're, I, I go back and forth between Fox and MSNBC. Just I to, hear you. Just hear to you. see. Sometimes Fox is so crazy. There's one guy on there I hate on The Five. You ever see the five show? They got yes. the five opinions. That asshole on the right with the tennis shoes. Somebody needs to <laughs> stick a sock in that you motherfucker's know, mouth. You know, he, he is such a fucking asshole. He's he is snarky. He's snarky. Don't hold back, Bob. He is snarky. <laughs> but you know, but you know who you like? Who's exactly him on the other side? Is Joe Scarborough? Uh. Yeah, Morning Scarborough Joe. Does it. Morning Cause, Joe. Because there's a lot of opinion and not there's there's a little bit of it's fact with opinion. a lot of opinion. It's all opinion. So, but I mean, I watch them both, and I kind of I kind of had contempt for anybody who's snarky and smarmy and thinks they're better than. And I I, I watch these things, and I sometimes but, but I can laugh at either side. You know side who I sometimes. do like his snarkiness is the guy who used to work for Clinton on MSNBC at night. Uh, Stephanopoulos? No, no, the other guy. Uh, fuck, I forget the guy's name. The blondish guy. But because he's always directly talking to Trump. I love that. He's not... He's not saying Republicans or bat, you know, the Trumpers or this, that. He's always talking directly to Trump about what an idiot he is. And don't you know what's <laughs> happening? There's a Russian investigation and Mueller, Mueller, Mueller or whatever and all this kind of stuff. And he's just always fucking with them and showing how the government works because there is a lot of... I, I, it's not speculation. I don't think Trump knows how, how the government works. Oh, no. I think he's learning, Right. But, yeah, and, and he's not bringing people in that are doing him any good either. So, well, this, they don't work for him. He doesn't seem to get that. <laughs> he really doesn't get that. No, the whole idea of hiring somebody <laughs> to have them help you—it just is. It just is <laughs> so, so as much as we might hate the Bush, Clinton, Obama dynasties, they knew how government worked, right? Oh, they you can't were pros. say the Bushes don't know how government works. They basically Preston no, Bush invented it. They're they're part you know of the two I mean? family system. Yeah. The Bushes and the Clintons but, are the two family. But you system. understand. So we've always, most of my adult life, I've lived in a in with a executive branch who knew how government worked, and this is the first time I think since I think Jimmy Carter kind of didn't know how it worked. I think he learned, you know basically in that fourth year how you don't go on television you don't i remember when carter told people what to adjust their temperatures to save fuel right my dad lost his fucking mind he's like no goddamn president's gonna tell me what the temperature in my own fucking house is gonna be like i you know what i mean i don't think jimmy carter knew like who you're talking to like don't tell them this is freedom this is america you don't go on television and tell them to turn up their their uh, their their heat. Well, that was some Russian commie shit. That's yeah. a, most most people. He's <laughs> a commie Russian telling me what temperature I can keep my house at. Yeah, yeah. So so I think Carter was the last one that really didn't n understand the American people and how government worked the best until now. Now I just think the guy really thinks we all work for him. Yeah, that's his main Achilles heel. He really thinks everybody works for him. No, you work for us, asshole. Well, come on now. This has been the problem with with our government in general for a long time. You know, the idea that if I got the same insurance as the people that work for us in the government, I'd be a happy person. Congressional insurance is amazing. Yeah. Their retirements are amazing. They work for us. How is that? It doesn't make sense. The, the balance of power is You want to know why? Because they didn't give up on unions. 
Government has unions. And because they vote for they vote for their own increases and they vote for their own stuff. That's just Congress and Washington. Right. But the fact is there are hundreds of thousands of government employees and they have unions and that's how they negotiate to get those good pensions, those good benefits. That's how America, the basic public, gave up on unions. So we have no power against Walmart, against the, uh, the auto industry, against the tech industry. There's no unions. Amazon doesn't allow unions. There's no unions. So how are working people supposed to get what they're entitled to? You're not going to fucking get it. Don't be naive. It was giving up on unions that gave up. That's how everyone in the public sector became a slave that works at Walmart. Hi, would you like anything? I'm on food stamps and I work full time. It's unions. And government agencies have unions. They, they bond together. Teachers unions. Government is the last place that has unions. That's why the benefits are so good, Chuck. Is there a congressional union? There's government unions. If you, if you, if you work in government, they have organizations that empower the, work and cl- the workers, right? You're okay. just getting brainwashed by the Senate gives good benefits to them. Everybody that works in government has good pensions. Everybody that works in government has good health care. People that work in the public sector don't because they gave up on joining together with their brothers and sisters. Well, and that's continued and that's still continuing. It almost seems like if you take the MSNBC and you take the Fox News, they're doing a great job of keeping the world totally, our world totally divided. Our world, our world is divided. I mean, I, I, think, I don't think it helps. I think, I think it's all about codependency, right? So how do you deal with the, the less fortunate in our society right so everybody says um we don't want children to to not have uh education right or food or food right so we all kind of agree with that that's a bipartisan issue Mm -hmm. we all want the children to have access to good education and whatever now they're arguing about how you get a good education charter schools private enterprise, whatever, versus public schools. And that, that, that's an argument. But everybody wants every American kid to have access to a good education. I don't think there's somebody saying, I don't want... We want stupid have, kids. I don't uh, know anybody uh, saying uh, we want stupid kids. So, yeah. so we need to go to what our common thing is and then not fight so viciously and violently towards people who disagree with us as to how to educate our children and how to have better jobs and more a better but more just society right Mm -hmm. but as long as we're going to have division where you know i've been saying it forever and i don't care who who doesn't like it or even my sister doesn't like it young black men are being murdered by police in our country every day it's horrible it's horrible now the example being in a lot of the things that have happened if a white kid acted that the way that some of these black kids that white people will say, oh, but he shouldn't, st- he didn't stop for the police and he didn't do this and he didn't do that and he was running away. If a white person did that, they wouldn't kill him. That's a fucking fact. I've run away from police. They didn't shoot me. They might now. <laughs> maybe they <laughs> maybe, maybe they do now. I don't know. Well, you don't see a lot of white kids getting shot and killed by police. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. That's that's way beyond the depth of what I what I watch. I try to stay out of that. You haven't seen? Well, this Black Lives Matter is a big deal. This is this is why I I have such a hard time with the politic the politicization of every single event where I can't get a straight story anywhere. It does. I get such a different okay, story from Channel Four, well, MSNBC. But, but you're trying Fox. to confuse the issue, like so many Americans. No, are, because it, are, I think it's given to me confused. I okay, think it's given so to me with let's opinion. just take the facts of a of a case. If it, if if somebody is unarmed, does not have a gun, does the police have the right to shoot and kill them? Oh, the, the simple answer is no. Yes, they do. They do it constantly. It, but they're saying that they believe he's armed or they thought they saw now, something. Now, listen, coming. I know police got a hard job. It's a yes, fucking scary hard job, right? And, and the litigious nature of what could go wrong or what could happen. But you got to admit, when unarmed citizens are shot and killed... Something went terribly wrong. You can't say that's a standard operating procedure. No, and that should scare anybody that doesn't want to be live in a police state. 
<laughs> because that's you know that that's 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 a scary thought. That you that you that well, it's a it's it's police seem to. Have, Isn't that the subject matter of the jams? Uh, that's entertainment. I mean that that's how old that is. Uh, you know, no, that's in the city. In the city, you know, they, in the they city, have a, there's a thousand things. I'm you know, say they, to you. they have the right to kill a man. You they know, have that's, the right to kill a man. Yeah, right. that, that's 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 not that's not new, but we're seeing a lot more of it, and you know, maybe need, it's happening more because it may because there's more people, because there's more bad police, because there's more cameras. No, I don't know. No, why. I believe it's happening because there's more narcissism, and police don't carry the authority they did when I was a kid. They don't. If a and and that started, I think, in my, our generation, which was a cop tells me what to what to do. I'm like, okay. I look at him like you motherfucker. That contempt that is created by narcissism and antisocial personality and trauma, the police don't like, right? They're doing a hard job, and now you're being a dick. Mm -hmm. So they baton you, they take you down, they put you in a cell. They used to do this to me. I didn't know why I got beat up all the time when I got put in jail. <laughs> it's because they would put me in the cell where they knew I would get beat up, especially in Orange County Jail. <laughs> right because there's a way where you could say hey let's you know put this guy over in here or yeah. there's a way like this guy was a dick for an hour to us mm -hmm. and refused to to give his fingerprints and like sat down on the ground and wouldn't get in the police car and all this kind of bullshit we're well, gonna put help. him in here with yeah. these guys or put you down there and let you sit. Let everybody else go through the loop while you sit down there. I, I've, been, I've been in all those situations. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've been let go. And, well, you know, let go at 2.30 at night with no no charges because they beat me senseless. But a lot of those times I kind of, you know, I, I've always said I kind of had it coming because I was a total dick. You know, and I, I don't think you got the right to kill somebody. because No, not to kill dick. somebody. They never killed me, apparently. Um, but maybe now. Maybe they would. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, but that's that's a big thing that's in the news. Black Lives Matter and a lot of Americans are anti it or don't like it or all this kind of stuff. It was created because we are doing something that we all should care about and police should change their tactics or we should have a public national dialogue about police policing and how how you can't just shoot unarmed people. There's no excuse for it, mm -hmm. right? But... Time after time after time, it happens. Well, and was, time after time after time, the police are acquitted. Are you talking about the the chase that ended like that? Is that yeah in St. Louis? That's, that's the, the most recent now. one. Right? Yeah, I saw something. I saw something about um, demonstrations and stuff. I did it's, see some stuff about that, but it's, it's just it's, we all should be concerned. Whether you're conservative or, or liberal, we should be concerned that the police are killing unarmed citizens. Yeah. You should be concerned about it. You shouldn't pick sides. You know what I mean? You should just be concerned about it. Now, get, get my ass kissed because I'm a dick. I agree. I, you know, whatever. That's what happens if you're stupid, right? I just equate it to I was arrogant and stupid, and I did not understand the power of the judicial system and the justice system mm -hmm. and the police, and I learned. They are very powerful. So post three or four beatings in county jails, I was very cooperative. Their world. It's their world. <laughs> it's their I, learned world. That. I learned that. I thank you. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. Yep. No problem. Okay. Roll this way, like, then, like, then. I, you know. But, but no, this is that's. I it. would apologize to the cop for resting me. I would I'm like. So, I'm so sorry, sorry dude. dude. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry bro. This. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, and this is where this is where it gets weird, and this is why I, I on Facebook on the internet said correctly the world wide web the on on there they uh no i hear someone will see something on tv and they think they understand the facts of the whole thing and they want to bank a case and it becomes argumentative and they're name calling and it gets so ugly so fast that i don't even want in it anymore and that does more to create a bad system where bad things happen because people like me don't even want to discuss it because you're being an a -hole I just simply want to discuss that. I don't I I truly don't care if it's black or white, but it seems to be that black young men seem to be going in all parts of the United States unarmed, defiant, maybe not cooperative with police and they're killed. Right. And I'm telling you that doesn't happen so often in Beverly Hills, in white neighborhoods in Claremont, it doesn't happen. And we need to address it. 
And all people, left, right, middle, should care about this issue. The police cannot kill unarmed citizens. Right. Right? That's well, all. That, and yeah, once mean, you that, have a logical argument, like, I don't know about all the rules and the power and all this kind of stuff, uh, you know, criminals are criminals and cops are out to get them and criminals are trying to dodge them. That, But being unarmed and being shot and killed by police, that's not acceptable in a just society. And it seems to be happening more and more. So now you get to the Trump phenomena. America, and I, I said this 12 years ago, and because I recognize America's obsession with fame, obsession mm -hmm. with celebrity and fame. Right? Kids would rather be famous than smart, rather be famous than, than rich. Yeah. But here's the thing, and I knew this. When we did Celebrity Rehab, I told Dr. Drew we should do a TV show about rehab to humanize addicts because addicts are thought to be deplorables and horrible people and criminals and bad and stupid and, and selfish and all these kind of things. And hum addicts are just human. And we need to humanize it. So we need to get a TV show and, and just film rehab. And he said, really? And I was like, yeah, we need to, we need to put rehab on television to humanize addicts and he said why and i said because america <laughs> is so stupid it doesn't believe anything it doesn't see on television right wow yeah that's wow. the truth and i thought that 12 years ago and so that's why i wanted to do that tv show and i didn't want it to be celebrities but i but it evolved to celebrities that's how you celebrity get people to culture watch. and that's how yep. you get people to watch so so fast forward 12 years, I kept, I started saying in June of last year, Trump is going to win. Just like Michael Moore did. Just, I said, he could, he's going to win. Right. And people like, no, it's crazy. I was like, he can win. Then once, once I really thought about it, like I didn't think the powers that be in America wanted him to win. Right. He's a populist. Right. How how a fake billionaire real estate guy became a representative of the working people? I have no idea. Media because he did this fascination with celebrity, fascination and and covetedness of wealth. He's smart. He's a, makes a lot of money. Right. He's our guy. He isn't. He's not your guy. Right. <laughs> Neither is Bernie. By the way, Bernie is a lifetime politician. <laughs> Neither is Bernie your guy. Your who, guy who was their guy? There was no guy this time around. That's why Trump. There was nobody to choose from. There was no gal to choose from. There was no guy to choose from. It was a horrible field. And when you get down to the two most unpopular people running for president, you've got to choose between the two, I knew Trump was going to win. I kept trying to say, the Clinton machine's smart. They're not going to, powers that be don't want this. But in my heart of hearts, in the back of my mind, I was like, he's going to be president and maybe that'll wake america up it really hasn't do america needs to look into its own soul into its own self do you think democrats got uh they fell asleep at the wheel because they had eight years no, i think democrats now are just demonizing him and everything's wrong with him no i mean during obama during the obama years do you think they fell asleep they fell asleep at the wheel and thought dude this is easy we'll go obama hillary or whoever next and they weren't worried i i you know, because that seems to be an American problem is to just get content like there's and two Republican asleep. parties. There's at least three Democratic parties. There's a Democratic party that I'm a part of, which is centrist and moderate and and Dianne Feinstein and like logical and 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 by left leaning Democrats, we're all sellouts and Republicans. And you know what I mean? <laughs> so we're not even a part of the Democratic Party. In, in certain ways, you know what I mean? We're just, you know, we're logical and reasonable and every, I, I've been saying it forever. I, you know, why don't we try to get everybody to accept gay marriage before we start talking about transgender bathrooms? Why don't we just, slowly but surely, Martin Luther King didn't conquer the whole uh, uh, civil rights movement in a year. It was an evolutionary thing over, over five years, six years, right? The only reason why the civil rights movement really happened is because Kennedy was killed and Johnson became president. Lyndon Johnson knew how to get that bill passed. He was a lifetime politician. He was an amazing man, Lyndon Johnson. An amazing man, right? right? And, and 
amazingly, the last president who said, you know what, I'm not going to run for a second term. Everybody hates me. They blame me for the war. I'm gonna, I think it's best that I just leave. <laughs> When's the last time you... That's probably the last time you're ever going to see that also. Well, yeah, that tells you that the man knew. He, he knew when, what, what that his leadership was going to flounder and that he wasn't going to be capable of being a good leader. I don't think we've had a good leader in a long time. Yeah, and so... so they, what used I, to do, they used to do things in the interest of the country. They don't do things in I, the interest of the I'd like, I'd like to think that. Anymore. I hope that's they the way do, They do things in the interest of their party. And their party is dictated by donate by by who funds their party right and that was the great thing about bernie is it was being funded by individuals everybody's given 100 bucks that was amazing but he squandered that he really squandered that i th- he was in a bad position does he give this populist movement over to the clinton machine and he, and to his to his benefit he didn't right so you could say, so a lot of things contributed to Trump, but the real Trump phenomena is fame. And, and somehow people who are disenfranchised feeling that some rich white guy can save them, right? That's really- Like a Santa phenomenon. Claus. Like, like, yeah, and because he's yeah. famous and rich, everything's going to work out. He's a deal maker. Like government- And he's got great hair. Government doesn't work like a real estate <laughs> deal. <laughs> Like a real estate deal is one of the most, it's, it's amazing it's legal, a real estate deal, right? It's all a Ponzi scheme on a certain level, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but government has systems to it. And so what happened as soon as Trump got in is he realized like, what the fuck is this checks and balances? You can't bully what people. Are the, yeah. What are the courts? <laughs> yeah. Courts can't do that. Can't, can you imagine the first time somebody in the White House had to tell him, yes, the courts can block your executive order. <laughs> He's like, how the fuck is that? <laughs> I thought I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> and it was it yeah. was fascinating to watch him get educated about the system, right? But <laughs> but you know, I'm more interested in what's to come after this. Because now every famous person, I guess Kid Rock's going to run for president and what's next? Kid Rock, no, the no, rock. No, the pendulum the every, pendulum everyone. always swings. The pendulum swung way left. And now this pendulum is swinging to the far right, and it, and it's not Trump's fault. I don't, but I don't believe Andrew. I, I don't believe Breitbart. I don't believe Bannon represents any populist movement either. Well, the it's, Republican Party sure had a hand in nominating Trump instead of Cruz or anybody else because they saw this person that relates to the white American working man. Yeah, and and, the, and it was simply based around fame. It wasn't based around experience. It wasn't based around leadership. No, it was, it was based as around far fame. right as the, as the pendulum could swing. But don't you think I watched that thing, and that was an amazing turn of events because Republicans did not back him, did not back him, refused to back him, turned their back on him, and then when, it, when the momentum was up and the Trump train was rolling, then they jumped on the caboose and worked okay, their way so, from the so back let's, up. And in the inversion, the same thing's going to happen. As soon as his numbers hit below thirty, they're all going to flee him. The same way, right? the same, the same way, way, yeah. way they yeah. were neg- uh, didn't want to join and get on board with him. They will all flee him. Now, what's interesting is what he's doing with Pelosi and Schumer. Like that's interesting. That if you could say Trump now pivots and goes for more liberal Republicanism. Right, the centrist Republicans, not the cruises and whack jobs, and the more, more conservative of the Democratic Party. Right, Schumer's a logical guy. Pelosi's not, but but Schumer's a logical guy. There's logical people on the right. She's a little bit loony, huh? Yeah, she's a little loony. I think I think you know you got to be loony. She represents San Francisco. That's her district. I, you know, I, I really like that town. Our last time up there was great. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be pretty wacky to represent that. But but the, it, what if what if of all things you had what Bernie's been suggesting, universal health care? I can see Trump pivoting and say, "Hey, why don't we? Have, I heard of this Medicare thing. Why don't we have that for everybody? <laughs> that sounds good." And then taking credit for it. Yeah. Who cares if he takes credit for it if we if we benefit? I, I, I'm not worried about who takes credit for things, whose name is on it. I don't care if it's Obamacare or Trump Care. I really don't care. Well, he cares that. He, well, it's, so what? I, as long as something good happens, that's where I'm concerned. That's why I'm worried is that the the hate 
is so strong. The hate is bigger than what's going then, on. Then the hate the, is bigger the than the result. Thought. I don't care if if he calls it uh, Donald John. Is his name? His name's John, right? Donald John Trump, the worst but, name ever. Don but John. the hate. Let's get to the hate. The hate, both from the left and right. The, from right. the left towards it's Trump crazy. and towards Trump supporters, and from the right towards reporters. That's a frightening thing to me. That's there's there's some things about this that really concern me. And that the, is the, the trickling down into the school system, which you were talking yeah, about earlier. The conservative, the, the Trumpers, let's call them, hatred of media is frightening to me because they love media. They love dancing with the stars. They love a famous <laughs> president. They love all of it except for like the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or, or media in 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 that doesn't doesn't let their guy just say whatever he wants. He actually check facts, right? Listen, anytime Obama said something that wasn't accurate, the media jumped on it. People just don't remember, right? He said something early on in his presidency because I was around it. He said something negative about Las Vegas, right? I don't know if you remember his first six months in office. He got crucified, crucified. You know, he said, you know, you don't want conventioneers going to Las Vegas and getting drunk and gambling or something. And then uh, his whole staff came to him and go, what the fuck did you say? He was learning. He was <laughs> learning, right? <laughs> and the media, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the, and the Sun, I think, I forget what, the Las Vegas Journal, Review Journal, crucified him for fucking up. So when Trump fucks up and the media crucifies him, these, white, these Trump supporters want to kill the reporters. The hatred is really unbelievable. And I don't get it. And I don't think it's healthy and I don't think it's good for our democracy. No, you can't walk around that angry and with that much hate all the time. And that's what I'm seeing is even good people, people I thought were mellow, peaceful, thinking, intelligent, logical people aren't anymore yeah and why is that and and i think it's trauma uh, dr drew thinks it's trauma has think it's had nothing to do with values or ethics or politics or anything it's simply trauma and it's expressing itself in this way right because i look huh. at the trump supporters that i know and i i have some very close friends very very close friends who i love dearly are trump supporters and their lives are golden they're multimillionaires. They're comfortable beyond wildest dreams. And all they do is complain about how much taxes they pay. It's amazing to me. And I, I, I don't get it. Like, I pay the same taxes how you do. Yeah, how much money do they need? <laughs> but something about right. taxes. What do I get for my taxes? I don't know. What it, why do you think about shit like that? When your house catches on fire, the fire department comes. That's what you get. You get police, you get roads, you get everything everybody else does. No, but there's this real hatred of paying taxes. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, and there's this exaggeration that we pay more taxes than anyone. No, we don't. Go look it up. It's easy to look up. It's easy to look up. But they don't want facts. Oh, no. Yeah, because I've seen that play out where it's like, yeah, but your, your 20% is only this much. My 20% is this much. But it's still 20%. You know, I have some friends that make ungodly amounts of money. I think we all know who they are. They don't ever complain about taxes. They don't. And they donate money of their own money to Children's Hospital and all kinds of things. Yeah. Like, what is the problem? You really only need so much. How much money do people need? You know, and this idea of you give it to the government. You know where most of our money in government goes to? Building bombs. Yeah, I mean, so who could hate that? Yeah. Oh, wait, I mean. <laughs> I like bombs. I'm into bombs. How about you, Mike? No, I don't big, like bombs. You don't like those big ships with all the guns no, and bombs God, on them? Come every on. Every single one of those bombs is designed to just kill children, no, women, whatever. No, it's designed whatever. To, to keep us safe. Just think of the world and, had and no fucking people. bombs. Just and think of that. Too what if there was no fucking bomb? Too late. Listen, you guys, come on now. There's, there's been a new... What if they had to fight each other with giant mushrooms or sticks? Who, who are we fighting? 
Well, whoever you have to it, fight. Apparently, you know Mario. There was no bombs, man. Huh? It's apparently, Super Mario. We're fighting. It's the old song, man. It's, it's imagine all the people. Right, but but we're we're not there. I mean, Kim Jong Un has too fucking bad. Has, right? Did you hear what Trump called him today? Rocket Man. Rocket Man, <laughs> driven on the scenes of hell. Oh, some things Trump does I really like. Like calling Kim Jong-un <laughs> Rocket Man. Well, we got it's, Rocket Man over it's there. It's fucking crazy. See, that's ridiculous. That's where, the, that's where the insanity comes back around. And we like to think that we're safe. And so we're not worried that there's going to be a retaliation. Because that guy is as crazy over there as, as anybody we've got. I think he's smart like a fox. Do you know what it takes to stay in power in that country? Uh, you got to slaughter killing a lot your of people. brother. Yep, killing your brother, killing killing anyone who even thinks that you think might turn against you and revol- revolt over you and overthrow you. That guy is not dumb. That guy is, and and honestly, all this is based around, in my belief. China saying, "Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad deal." You know what? I just I just thought of something. It doesn't. Maybe this doesn't make sense at all. But you know, he's he's had to slaughter a lot of people. Killed his own brother. And how it, badass is that? Maybe his how, brother, how, how, he's almost like an American. That's like an American thing it's, it's, to do. It's like he I, killed his own brother. <laughs> Mike, isn't that in the Bible? Yeah, Cain and Abel, right? I guess. But but I mean, uh, yeah, like I ate my twin. That would be. Cool, do you know why he killed his brother? No. Even though his brother was like this playboy kind of idiot guy, he killed him because he didn't, because the people of North Korea would only accept his blood lineage. And that was the only one that if China wanted to replace him, they could put his brother in place. So he killed his brother. I took care of that problem. Who was being protected by the Chinese government, by the way. Hmm. Is that the one that the girls attacked? Yes. That's his brother. He got girls to do it. Dang. So, no, but I mean, so that's a horrible thing. And so is spending hundreds of millions of dollars on an election when the money that's spent on an election cycle could solve so many of our problems. Talk about feeding kids and fixing educational systems and putting money into studies and being able to help our people. The money spent on, on elections is disgusting to me. And that's why I don't like even... Just the thought, just the way it is, is so wrong. It's so backwards. It's so gross. It's Who's, here's an interesting question I pose to my conservative friends. Whose fault is it? Who is most to blame for the fact that in America, you can work hard at a job 40 hours and still have to be on food stamps to feed your family? Who's, who's responsible for that? We all are to a certain extent because we like cheap television sets, right? We right. All, we all are. And why, why are there no unions? Because it's cheaper to buy it from Amazon, right? Well, Amazon, uh, Walmart. Right. Um, no, no, so there's no unions because that's what we voted with. We voted dollars. for that with we our money, right? We voted with our dollars. So, so you're right. That, that, that's everybody because I don't think any of those people can say that they've never shopped or have done a complete total boycott uh, of you've started to with some places i know yeah i but, won't i won't eat at chick-fil-a and i won't buy hobby lobby though i don't even know what hobby lobby sells so so you, you're, <laughs> I, they're I not be being penalized i think much. they're like michael's aren't they like michael's <laughs> i have no idea what it is that's mike is, is no, I've hobby, been there. hobby I've been lobby there. you yeah, shop at hobby whole, lobby it's a whole bunch of stuff man yeah there's one in huntington <laughs> beach man i mean i'm not you know, I can't. I can't. Ha- now watch this. This is the new America, Mike. I can't be friends with you anymore if you're going to shop at Hobby Lobby. Yep. that's the new liberalism. Yeah, well, rather than than hey, I don't shop at Hobby Lobby. I don't care if you shop at Hobby Lobby. I love you. You know, what? and I can't be friends with anybody that'll be friends with a Hobby Lobby <laughs> shopper. Because <laughs> if I'm friends with somebody, I gotta who has be friends, honest. It's really easy for me to not shop at Hobby Lobby because I don't know what they sell. I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming it's some sort of Michaels beads that you make. It's a, it's things. just a bunch of stuff. It's just a bunch of junk. <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff. It's like you know, it's like art supplies and stuff for art kids. Supplies. That's what it's you said. It's art supplies, yeah. and Michaels does the same thing. Now, no, so, but Chick-fil-A 
Chick-fil-A, fuck them. There's chicken. You can get chicken a million places. Fuck that place. They have good playgrounds. Well, not in Hollywood, they don't. Oh, they do. They do in Costa Mesa. And it's over by Moon Park. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I can get chicken at any, you know, where do I get chicken? I like the, uh, the big, the Burger King, uh, original chicken sandwich. I think I'm just not disciplined enough to boycott anything. No, those are the only two. Those are the only two that I, I just know because I, somebody pointed it out to me. I looked it up. It was easy to look up. The, the, the Chick-fil-A people have no problem talking about the, what they believe. Okay. Right? Well, on then, their website and on their social media, and I don't agree with that. I I'm an atheist, but I'll take a a, a person of faith, and I I want to help them and be the right, counselor and go. Just that, like the idea right to, that my beliefs uh, are more 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 valid than your beliefs, right? That's that's hmm. the thing I don't get. I Would you go to Disneyland? I go to Disneyland all the time. Well, uh, wasn't Walt Disney kind of a Nazi? He was anti-Semite. He was. He was. So you'll buy from the Nazis, but you won't buy from the Christians. That's. I guess that's true. Okay. (laughs) No, I think Walt Disney is well out of the Disney business. I think it's run by a board of directors that are. If you pull over to the side of the road and there's a road stand and they're selling corn, you can ask that person like. Hey man, do you believe in Christ? No, I no. I'll tell you. Uh, you no, I, I have I no mean, problem with no. Just gonna buy Mike, the corn and leave. Mike, I have no problem with anybody's religious beliefs. When it's tied to a conservative political agenda, like Chick Fil A's is, right? So, so I'll guarantee you. I if I'm pulling by the side of the road and there's grapes or whatever for sale, and there's a huge Trump sign. On the guy's counter, I will get in my car and I'll go to the next next thing because I vote with my dollars. That's how Americans vote. They vote with their dollars. They, you know, so 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 that's my thing. And and now, did I do that with Bush? No. That's really interesting, isn't it? I understood. I understood that people like Bush and voted for Bush. I didn't see that me. Uh, being involved with them on a commercial level, on a commerce level, was negatively affecting the country I love. But I do believe supporting this Trump stuff is negatively affecting the country I love. And, and right, and it's I, all ramped. Well, it's all ramped up too. It is all next level stuff. This is a whole new. We're in a whole new realm. This is a whole new. What is to come? That's the thing. So Trump doesn't want to run for a second term or he gets impeached or or even Ann Coulter's calling for his impeachment, which is weird. It's is weird she? when it's weird when Bernie Sanders and Ann Coulter agree that Trump should be impeached. I haven't how see how I've not heard that. I need to get more plugged in. Well, well over the Pelosi Schumer thing. Like I just see, pay I, attention. I don't, I don't I, I you know, and that's part of the problem too. This has become so distasteful that I, t- I told you. I already said this. You know, I find like, it funny and amusing. I don't find it distasteful. I, I, I think it, it's just the negativity is really disheartening, and I expect more from public leaders, and I expect more from the people that I, re- I respect. And but you, I, you, but don't you think you have more power with you, how you spend your money than who you put, who you check the box on the ballot? One hundred percent. I've been told that for. 20 years people have been telling me that. Yeah, I just I just a, a do. man much smarter than I'll ever be told me that at my first job in sobriety. So it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter who you vote for it matters where you shop. Now here's the thing. Why am I so open about my beliefs? Because I know a lot of people in my position that hide their beliefs because they think it would negatively affect their bottom line. If you don't want to be involved with me or you don't like me because I'm a liberal, that's your right and you probably shouldn't come to my rehab or you shouldn't be involved with me and you shouldn't have I understand I respect that right that that's the way everybody should just lay it on the line who they are and what they believe and then vote with your dollars or vote with your whatever and it should be cool if you don't want to be involved with me I don't mind there's enough liberal drug addicts you know what I mean <laughs> But doesn't that just doesn't that just add to the division? Yep. Well, that's but that's but, why we have a secret ballot. 
but that, but being, but not knowing, I, I'm just saying there are certain rehab owners that are Trumpers. They don't say it because I got to say majority of the addict population that you're dealing with here in Southern California tends to be a little liberal, right? So the, I'm talking about high-end fancy rehabs in LA. The, the, Rehabs that are, mark, you know, buying patients from Ohio, Pennsylvania, whatever, they're more open that they're conservative because that's conservative people coming to their rehabs. It's a component of everything. I'm always known as a liberal. <laughs> Come to our I place. Go. We love Trump. I right? didn't even think of that, man. That is weird. But doesn't it help where you find it, though? I mean, really, if you just stay out of that whole political I just, fray. I just decided a long time ago, I am what I am. You like me or don't like me, I don't really give a fuck. I don't. But that, that's what I liked about the uh, AA at the beginning when I first found the 12-step thing was that I, I liked the way they stayed out of because I don't, I don't need politics in my rehab. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, you can help me if, you've, if, you've, if you're an addict. But if some, I think there's so much division and hate now. I don't think that's true. I, I, I don't think it's true. Life or death, uh, anybody could, I could help anybody. No, anybody I don't think that me. the person who has the value system would accept the help from somebody of the opposite. You're kidding when me. you're on the extreme, I don't think so. That I don't, is crazy to I, me. I think that's how bad the division in America is. I don't I don't know about that. I you know because I'll give you an example. I, Can I give you a literal sure. example? Yeah. Okay, I lived in Joshua Tree in two thousand one, right? Okay. Lived there and went to meetings there all the time. I had a sponsor, right? Um two thousand two, loved the guy, it was great. Had Christmas, it was cool, it's wonderful, I liked him. 2003, I believe, the war, the declaration of the war, the invasion of Iraq, right? Wasn't it 2003, I think? So I put a bumper sticker on my car that was very anti-war, bombs, uh, my favorite saying, um, uh, uh, bombing for, for uh, fucking for virginity is like bombing for peace. Or bombing for peace is like fucking for virginity, right? Okay. My sponsor said he could no longer sponsor me. What? He's a former Marine. He could no longer sponsor me. Swear to God this happened. At the Monday night meeting in Joshua Tree at the church, right below the, Ca the Casa recording studio. Right, Mike? You know yeah. that? Uh, yep. That church on the left. Yep. Right? Yes. When I went out to smoke, the people who used to f f joke around with me or whatever walked to the other side of the parking lot. I experienced that. Hmm. So that was, and that was 14 years ago. So you can't tell me that, that we live in Kumbaya world. I'm not, where, I, no one said where, that. No one said that, but what I think, I think that's absolutely. You're that, supposed to share your experience, strength, and hope so like minded people can seek who they feel most comfortable getting the information from. And some people really take the autonomy to another level. They each each meeting, each group is autonomous. In other words, you know, they can, if, they, if there's a lot of military people that are sitting there in, in the, uh, yeah, in the rooms know. and I'm you're so saying all this negative so stuff stupid. about military I didn't people. say anything negative about any military. Oh, okay. I didn't talk about it. It was on my car, the bumper sticker on my car. All right. So... That seems weird. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. There was a real... I think that the military people thought it was a bad idea, but they had to go along with it. That was my gut feeling overall. Like, why would, the, why would it... And the, they definitely were sharing about what this country is about in the AA meetings, and if you don't like it, because Joshua Tree is like the weirdest amalgamation of people. It's former retired Marines and hippie weirdos drop out weirdo drug addicts, right? Musicians. And we we're all in the same means. It was all cool. And, and all of a sudden, this new phenomena came along the war. And it was really strange. But, and my sponsor was cool. He said, I don't know if it's so good that we should be working together. I was like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. See, that I, I don't understand that because, okay, like being from different sides of the track or having different opinions doesn't mean we can't meet in certain arenas and i i like to then there's my pollyanna thing is i like to think that's one of those arenas now i i sponsor i'm a i'm a for those that can't that don't know me i'm a, a straight although sometimes questioned by my wife straight white male 
and I sponsor a gay black man who's married to a white man. Yeah. Awesome. Now, I you know, a lot of people, they think that that's weird. I don't think that that's weird at all. We may have total... We, we don't discuss politics. We don't discuss that. We talk about life, what's going on with him, with with what we talk about real things, things that are th- things that are important at the end of the day when you shut the door and you're home alone, those things are important without the TV and everything else. And we meet on a level that I think is uh, uh, amazing and I don't think we share a whole lot of views. Not be and it's not because I'm anti-gay or pro-gay or any of that. It's just we're human beings. And we were both alcoholics. Yeah, yeah, that, you and know, I, that, I, I understand that that's an ideal. I just think that that person is is getting probably what they the needs that they would ideally be met by a, a sponsor that they could identify more with elsewhere from other people in the in the twelve step room. Twelve steps only deals with with alcoholism. But wait a minute, though, because it's supposed to transcend all that, right? Like, I knew a guy that had blue hair, punk rocker, lived under a bridge, and there was the most conservative uh, guy down at the Marina Pacifica, wore a cowboy hat, big belt buckle. They were supposed to hate each other. And uh, the guy said something to him one day about him, and he said, okay, you're my sponsor. And they sponsored each other. They ended up being the best for friends. Yeah, but how long ago was that? That was a while ago. That was years ago. Years ago, twenty years ago. Yeah. Least, See, I don't think stuff ago. like that's happening that much anymore. I think it should really, go back to that. I think it should really, go back to that. I think we've really become a sick society. I mean, me and a friend of mine were talking about just in the last ten years, it's become very ill. And when you look at the drug addiction rate, the drug it death re- rate, it reflects that. So it reflects so, so, a hopelessness and a powerlessness and a helplessness that so many people are feeling. And and there's this division and weirdness going on. That's all I'm saying. And call me a pessimist. I'm just observing it. I don't live in it. That's the other thing. I just come on and try to share my observations with people, right? I personally, no, you're right. No, I, you're right. I I just don't participate in it. I've got, my circle of friends has gotten smaller for sure, <laughs> right? There are only probably a handful of people that I respect anymore. And it's basically all based around parenting. I don't care if you're a liberal or conservative. If you're a good parent, I respect you. If you're not, I don't. Hmm. Right? And, and, that, and that definitely applies to both my liberal friends and my conservative friends. I'm, I just think that we all talk about caring about our kids. How many are spending real time with them? Right? How many are really doing the deal? I see Mike Martin do the deal all the time. I try to do the deal. I see you do the deal, right? I don't see how you can work 80 hours a week and be a parent. I just don't. You can say you do, but it's really hard. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, I, I this is another part where maybe I'm naive, but I think that children who are... Pollyanna, the, 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 here it comes. I know. The children that are raised in an environment like that, where they feel important, where they feel cared for, loved, supported, I think they're capable of creating a better place to live than what's going on right now. Not to brag because I'm not the greatest parent, but I'm trying and I'm trying to learn. Elvis's mom got married on Saturday. On Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. And so, and they were going on their honeymoon. And she said, you know, you can bring him on Sunday night to my mom's house and then she can get him to school on Monday because it literally is a two-hour drive from here in the morning to get him to school. It's about 35 miles away. I said, no, 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 let him stay. He wants to stay. Stay overnight. It's the first Sunday he stayed here in a long time. And I drove him. I got up at 5 this morning to get in the car at 6.30 to drive him to school in bumper-to-bumper 210 traffic. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to spend last night with him, and I wanted him to be overnight, and I drive the car, drive, and whatever, right? Hmm. It was fucked. It was horrible. It was not worth it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Except for I did it. Uh, Right. Right? And I said to him, dude, when you're looking, there's a sign right here by the 57 when you're going home tonight, you'll see it. It says how far to Pasadena, how many minutes. It usually says 
20 minutes, 25 minutes, right? This morning it said 80 minutes <laughs> to Pasadena. <laughs> it's 26 miles. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And I was like, Elvis, this is why you don't spend Sunday nights yeah. in Claremont. Like, it's the one and only time. But I was trying, right? Well, and he knows, and he, and he, and he sees it. You know, that's the thing is when, when we practice that stuff, our kids, you know, they, they do learn by what they see. Point being, we <laughs> want to get to the meat and potatoes of this division. It really is, it's, it's real. It's not a mirage. It's not, I haven't been in my sister's house in seven years. So it's real. It's happening yeah. to American families. It's tearing this country apart. The hatred is palpable. You can feel it. I feel it when I'm around certain people that they just think I'm so stupid and I'm such an idiot. And there's, there's, it's real, Chuck. And you can bury your head in this AA sand, but it's real. And, and Drew says something good is going to come of this, Right. I think more bad's going to come of it until something good comes of it, because I think it's real. Well, then, then how does the change happen? Because see, this is the same thing as um, well, we've got it doesn't next- matter. It doesn't matter so much how we got here as it is placing blame. Is how do we get out of it? How does this change? How does it reverse? We've itself? got to teach our children to not covet fame and money, and that that's the most important thing in life. Somehow millennials got told that fame and money are the most important things in life. And it's got to stop. Well, it tells me that maybe they watch, they watch their parents watching TV. Right, for sure. You know, that's why the kids want the technology. I'm on it. <laughs> oh, wow, he's done. Good night. Good. We'll figure it out. Bye. <laughs> Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.